0: everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mornings with Ron. As I was preparing the messages for this podcast, I was doing a lot of thinking about the world in general and how we interact as a people, the division in our societies, and the ability we as individuals have to make an impact on and ultimately change the world. The examples we set and the way we live our lives often affect the way others live theirs without us even knowing it. And I thought about how technology has affected our interpersonal relationship skills, and where we often text each other from across the room rather than have a verbal conversation. I thought about the opportunities we have to make a difference in the world and how we can create change with just a simple act when we have the courage to do that. And I realized that change often starts with compassion and the willingness that we have to do for others who may be less fortunate than ourselves. And exercising that compassion ultimately has an effect on our physical and mental well-being without us even realizing it. And finally, I thought about how all these things are affected by the decisions that we make as we are faced with a new minute every day and how those decisions ultimately drive the quality of our lives. We'll discuss all of those things in the podcast, and I hope that you enjoy. So let's start with the question, Has technology affected the act of conversation and our interpersonal skills? There's no question that technology has changed the world. The days of pulling over to look at the map to see where you're going, faxing information to those with whom we do business, and leaving voicemails to make contact with individuals all seem to be relics of the past. Communication is now instant, often with expected instant response. And information is at our fingertips with just a few keystrokes in our computers or smartphones. The ability to increase our knowledge has grown exponentially. The opportunity to interact electronically is now at our fingertips. However, at what cost has this advancement in technology been to our art of conversation and development of interpersonal relationships? If you wanted to speak to a friend or family member before smartphones, you walked down the street, got in your car, or met up at the local coffee shop or restaurant for a conversation. For those minutes, you interacted with each other without disruption. You were truly interested in what each other had to say and were intimately involved in each other's lives. Sundays were reserved for family dinners. We sat around the table in the evenings for our evening meals. Family outings involved interacting with each other on a personal level. While technology has brought so much into our lives, In some ways, it's stolen those things that we held most dear. Think about it. Picture the last week in your own homes. How many times were you sitting together on the sofa, having dinner, or in friends or family's presence, and the majority of that time was spent on your smartphone? How many times did you actually sit and have a conversation, asking about each other's day, or had an in-depth conversation about what was going on in each other's lives? How often has our interpersonal relationship been with an electronic device rather than those that we care for and love? For me, I think about this a lot and find myself guilty of all of the above. This caused me to examine the effect that this has had on my art of conversation. Now, there's no question that technological devices have become addictions. However, they are now ingrained in our lives and have become the tools that we need to accomplish so many things breaking that addiction has become difficult. Having better relationships with our devices than those we love has affected not only the art of conversation, but the interpersonal skills that we desperately need to regain the respect we need for each other as human beings so that we can move away from the division that we experience daily. While technology has served us well in our current COVID world, it seems that finding time for a break from the technology in the home and outside the home in a post-COVID world is more important than ever. It will not only benefit our close personal relationships, but the way we see society as a whole. Good, robust disagreement with facts and truth are healthy and building blocks for strong relationships. Relying on often incorrect information that spreads like wildfire through technology serves as a detriment to this effort. At this point in our lives, I believe that we can all use a scheduled technology break during our weeks. Take a walk together, Share what's going on in your lives. Revive the art of conversation and enhance your interpersonal skills. That in itself may be the starting point for a better world. You know, everywhere we look today, it's all about the vaccines and uh, there's a lot of conversation going on about the vaccines. And I was thinking about vaccines in a little different way um, and about how we can be the catalyst that makes change in the world. And so I titled this next message, We Can Be the Vaccine for Change. Responsibility for a world filled with compassion and caring begins with us. To live a life of truth means that we recognize each other for our individuality, accept each other with our faults, and strive to treat all individuals as equal human beings. This is done while doing what we can to live our best life. There are many who make that task difficult for us, However, if we stay true to who we are and draw on the lessons of compassion and caring that we were taught as children and young adults, we truly can be the vaccine that injects change into this turbulent world. Many times we tell ourselves that we are only one person and have no power to affect change. When the number of people who do that multiplies, it is likely that will prove out to be true. Yet when we have the courage and wisdom to be the one person that makes a difference, That is often the injection that the next person needs to make their own stand in the world. One becomes two, and eventually enough people take the necessary steps to create the change that is needed for the moment. If we truly want a better world, sitting back and watching the world go by is simply not an option. We often spend so much time caring about what everyone else is doing and how they are living their lives that we fail to do what is necessary to live our own truth. Not doing so negates the opportunity for us to set the example that others can learn from. When we lead the way with conviction, those that know and trust us often follow. It is then that the possibility for change begins. Refocusing all the energy that is spent on negativity, on that which is positive and productive, creates the foundation necessary to make a difference. To survive a world of division, there is no other option than to live our truth not expect others to be who we want them to be rather than who they are, and respect our differences while celebrating our similarities. Understanding that each person has the ability to make their own contribution to the world in their own way and respecting that creates the space for the change that is needed. At the end of the day, it truly does all start with us. With the appropriate effort, we truly can be the much-needed vaccine for change. You know, along with change comes compassion, and compassion is very important as we try to make the world better than it is, and to try to leave the world a little better off than we came into it. However, compassion and caring takes a little extra effort when we're living in a difficult world, and so this next message I title, Compassion and Caring in a Difficult World. It seems like waking up each morning, I increasingly find myself in a world that I hardly recognize. The effort to promote and portray positivity seems to take far more effort than in years past. However, the desire to live in a world full of caring and compassion for our fellow person remains as strong as ever. As I try to make sense of it all, I find myself increasingly struggling to understand why each day brings about another story of violence, hatred, suppression, regression, and certainly failing compassion. I wonder if I've entered this alternate reality where me is always first, we seems to not exist, and they is always at the forefront of blame. I then have to remind myself that the best that I can do is take care of my part of the world and live the life that I need to live to set the example that many others need. And it's not easy. When you have an innate compassion for people, there is a natural tendency to want to avoid conflict. Why can't we all just get along? becomes a constant refrain in your head, while the brain tells you that as long as there is a desire for power, money, and position, the likelihood of that ever coming to reality is practically non existent. From the beginning of time, the desire to have more than we need, have power over those who do not, and advancing ourselves by whatever means possible has been ingrained in so many societies. So much so that we often forget our true purpose for why we are here and the responsibility we have to make the world better, not only for ourselves, but also for those around us who may be less fortunate. There are times when not caring would be so much easier. Looking out for only oneself and not caring what is happening in and to the rest of the world would certainly be the easy way out. However, unless we as the people of a common society take the stand that is necessary to make the world a better place and leave it a little better off than we found it, then the hope of a better world truly is hopeless. When we stop putting me first and focus on the needs of the collective we, it is only then that we plant the seeds that are necessary to achieve a desirable society that cares about the whole rather than the few. Politics, greed, and the need for power have replaced compassion, caring, and the desire for peace. Failing to focus on that which benefits all people rather than the few robs us of the chance to live in a world where we are able to focus on the good rather than trying to survive the bad. At the end of the day, it all begins with each and every one of us. It requires us to do our part to enact change, provide the examples of caring and decency, and to live a life that serves as an example for those that follow us. When rooted in everything we do, compassion has a unique and powerful way for taking hold and spreading. We have proven that time and time again, It is within the truth of compassion and caring that we have our best chance of living in a desirable world that we all deserve. And There's no question that that compassion and caring that we portray has an effect on our physical and mental health. Uh, There have been many studies done that have proven this over and over again. And so I titled this next message, Physical and Mental Effect of Helping Others. Have you ever delivered a gift on a birthday or holiday, sat and watched the person open it, and felt your heart enlarge a little when you saw the joy on their face? How about completing a volunteer project and feeling a sense of satisfaction that brings the same feeling as if you have just completed a long workout? There's a reason for that. Many researchers have found that people who give of their time to help others through community and organizational involvement have greater self-esteem, are less depressed, and have lower stress levels than those who don't. In general, people who take the time to show compassion and caring for others are happier people. The good news is there are even more physical and mental effects. Volunteering and participating in good deeds for the benefit of others, rather than ourselves, is one of the greatest gifts that we can give ourselves. Not only does it benefit the person on the receiving end, but it is a gift that keeps on giving. Many research studies have shown repeatedly that the health and mental benefits of those that participate in volunteer activities include boosting physical and mental health, lower blood pressure, increased self-esteem, less depression, lower stress levels, longer life, and greater happiness and satisfaction. People often ask why I spend so many hours involved in the Bring Smiles to Seniors program. And the most common question is, do you ever sleep? Well, the answer is yes, and quite well, I might add. As I often tell people, working a full-time job and running a nonprofit is hard and tough work. I also tell them that my day job feeds my stomach and my nonprofit feeds my soul. And I truly believe that my involvement in giving back to the community has resulted in all those benefits listed above. Years ago, I took blood pressure and depression medicine. I didn't feel so great about myself. Exercise and meditation weren't even near being a part of my daily routine, and stress was definitely out of control. Working to make the lives of others better has had an effect on all of those things. Today, I am much more calm than in the past. My blood pressure is normal, my stress levels have decreased dramatically, and I'm definitely a much happier and more satisfied person. The same has been heard from many of the people that participate in the Bring Smiles to Seniors program. People have been kind enough to write me or send emails to let me know what the program has done for them. Individuals who are looking for purpose and meaning in their life have found it. Those who are depressed or even suicidal have found an outlet to connect their life to something positive that has given them a reason to get up in the morning. When all that culminates with the friendship, help, sharing, and love that people are experiencing every day as part of our groups, the prescription for many of the benefits we've talked about have been written and filled. People often think volunteering and giving back takes money, and that is far from the case. For those that desire to be involved, there's always a way to do so without placing a financial burden that would cause unneeded stress. If you've been looking for that purpose and just can't seem to find it, find something in your community where you can make a difference. Even the smallest effort can help boost the physical and mental health that we all strive for. For this last message, I revisited one of my old topics from my book about uh, the fact that we're giving 1,440 minutes every day. And then I saw a quote by Dr. Seuss um, that talked about how it's important to take advantage of that uh, minute before it becomes a memory. And so I titled this last message, Making Your 1,440 Minutes Meaningful Before They Are a Memory. In one of my previous messages, I spoke about the importance of the 1,440 minutes that we are gifted every day. What we do with those minutes influences the path our lives take, the quality of the life that we lead, and the satisfaction we have had with those minutes when we reach our final years. We only get one chance to take advantage of the next minute that comes our way. And once that minute is gone, there is no ability to alter it, but rather regret it or bask in the knowledge that we have done the most that we could to make it meaningful. So many times in our lives, we find ourselves at a decisional crossroad, and this often requires a split-second action because of the situation, while other times we're allowed the opportunity for long-range planning. No matter what opportunity with which we are faced to affect one of those 1,440 minutes, when the minute is gone, it is no longer retrievable. That is the reason that making the most of every minute we are gifted in life is so important. Throughout my life, I've made good and bad decisions. I've always tried to use the bad decisions as building blocks for better future decisions and capitalized on good decisions to drive me to the next step to make life even better. That doesn't mean that bad decisions don't get repeated. They often get altered until I finally reach the ultimate change that I was seeking. As most people, I do ponder those minutes of the past that could have altered the path that I was trying to take and failed. But sometimes the things that I would have missed while walking that path to which I would have desired would have been disappointing. I also learned that it's most important to focus on the future minutes that you have the ability to change that could ultimately make life better. Finally, the thing that I regret most is not taking advantage of those opportunities that presented themselves to affect my next minutes when I had the opportunity. Fear, inability to make a decision, lack of self-confidence, And simply being human created the barrier that I was unable to overcome. We understand this less in our younger years, but it becomes much more clear as we age. The importance of living each and every gift minute that we are given to the fullest is ultimately what makes life meaningful and wonderful. Understanding the value of a minute before it becomes a memory is one of the most important tasks of all. And there you have it, another episode of Mornings with Ron. It means the world to me that you take time out of your busy schedules to spend a few minutes with me. I know that there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and the fact that you choose to spend some of your 1,440 minutes today means the world. So until next time, be safe, be well, and take care of each other as you would take care of yourself.